0: welcome to episode two, season eight of Crypto Sapiens. My name is Rachel and I'm your host today. I'm joined today with our guest GM Chad from Eat San Diego and AISD and Kayla Cho, founder of Meet Milo. So I'm super excited today because we're going to be going into AI technology and how it's intersecting with Web3 and empowering individuals and solving problems in our world. So before we kick off the episode today, I'm just going to start with an affirmation uh, for AI and technology. So AI technology innovation and wellness, empower us to unlock limitless possibilities, and create a brighter future filled with endless opportunities for growth, well-being, and positive transformation. Now, with that being said, I want to give our speakers a moment to give their introductions, uh, talk about who you are, what you're working on currently, and yeah, how you envision AI uh, transforming our future. So we'll go ahead and start with GM Chad.
1: Hey, Rachel. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks so much for having me. Excited for this podcast. Um, I'll just kick off with a little bit of background. Uh, so started my journey um, here at UCSD uh, in San Diego. I went to school for computer engineering and um, did a couple interesting internships that got me sort of interested in blockchain and uh, AI as well. And um, I was going to do a one-year master's and instead got poached by a blockchain company to go work for them. And that took me uh, into the next three years of my life. Uh, have always stayed in San Diego, so I've really had a lot of love for the city. And during that time, uh, the one thing I noticed that was really lacking was a uh, strong community presence uh, in the Web3 space. And so that led me to start ETH San Diego. And it started kind of just like ETH Denver uh, at a brewery, getting together with friends uh, and people from the community just to chat about crypto and what they were building and it turned in much more into like an educational organization where we try to actively teach and upskill our community members. Um, with the recent sort of uh, trend in, in large language models being adapted into every application and all over Twitter and all over the news, uh, it got me sort of interested back in, in seeing you know what has changed since my studies of AI. And this was right around the time when the Transformer model came out, which is what powers a lot of these things like chat GPT and GPT uh, and, etc. Uh, et cetera. And so, um, I've been thinking a lot about how to kind of mesh these two technologies, uh, how to bring these technologies to our community, how to teach about them and also, uh, getting involved myself and in trying to develop more in this space. Um, so that's like the quick and short, and, uh, we can definitely go into, uh, uh, any of those, uh, backgrounds more in depth.
0: Awesome, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Chad. And and something I want to bring up for our listeners today. So with Eat San Diego, um, I've actually gone down and had some involvement um, with Opolis as a community partner of Eat San Diego. And the vibe is just so amazing. Seriously, there's no substitute for in-person events. I I think it's really important for us to continue showing up and build community and and show up in person for these things. So if you're in the Southern California area, definitely look into Eat San Diego. It's an amazing community to get involved with. Um, Yeah. So. Next, I'll pass the mic over to Kayla to give her introduction.
2: Hey, my name is Kayla. I also have a background in programming, though I switched over to business after doing an internship um, and been in the startup land for for about eight years now. That's where I kind of uh, met Rachel at Harmony. Currently have been getting into AI, everything, all things AI. Started uh, Milo out of pretty much desperation we've been working on the project for six months um, and we really do see a potential for AI to revolutionize personal growth and um, more more ways than not fundamentally believe that wellness is the key to a better society um, so excited to be talking about that.
0: Yeah, and, and that's something, Kayla, you and I have always kind of aligned on um, as far as prioritizing wellness, and I've just watched you take off with using AI as a tool for self-improvement and for wellness, and that actually really sparked me um, to have interest to reach out to you and, and reconnect. Um, and as Kayla mentioned, we connected back in our Harmony days. I actually onboarded her to the Harmony Ambassador now, and we did in-person events. So uh, really, these connections here today have come from going to these in-person meetups and, and meeting up with people and the passion to continue growing community. Um, and I feel like AI has really swept us all off our feet in the in the Web3 space, just as far as like the potential goes to revolutionize this already uh, amazing technology and make it even better to help more people and solve more problems. So Kayla is just really a, a huge pioneer in this, in, in creating and building something in the AI space. So yeah, so with both of you, really, I've seen you have this background in Web3, and you've done so much to help build the community there. And now you're both transitioning into these AI projects. So my question for both of you, we can start with, how do you see the intersection of AI uh, and Web3 taking off and, and encouraging us to move forward towards innovating this technology and using them both as tools? So Child, we can start with you, um, since you've transitioned, or now you're doing Eat San Diego and AI SD, correct?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's a couple ways to answer this question, but I'll answer it from a way that sort of um, I guess focuses on community building. And I, I think one way we can think about AI is it just it's an amplifier for just about everything, right? Um, it helps you write code faster. It helps you write email copy faster. Um, you can ask more questions. You can learn quicker. It's like a personalized uh, tutor, right? In a way. And so I think for us, uh, there's two ways we think about this, right? We think about how can we, A, teach our community to uh, leverage, you know, uh, prompting, uh, for example, to just amplify the things that they're already doing and allow them to just get better and, uh, you know, have more productivity in the things that they're already accomplishing in their lives. And then B, how do we actually dive into this technology and see how we can have an impact in Web3, Right. And so if you think about like what Web3 stands for, a lot of it is about, you know, uh, ownership, uh, decentralization, uh, sort of ways to essentially take ownership on your life, your data, computation, whatever the case may be. And I think um, AI is kind of the opposite, right? It's, it aggregates a ton of data, it compresses a ton of data, and it usually compresses that at large companies who then sell APIs, right? Um, AKA ChatGPT. And so from the more technical side, like we're thinking about what are some interesting tools where we can sort of integrate these two technologies and use things like, uh, let's say, you know, ZKPs, for example, zero knowledge proofs to prove computation or uh, ways that we can help build technology that's, uh, you know, better for everyone that still allows you to leverage kind of this amplification factor of AI.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that, that's a really great way to answer that. Um, and, and I just want to touch a little bit on um, a, a little bit of what Kayla's working on too with this, because um, she has gone from working in the Web3 space and now uh, putting these technologies together to create her, her next project. Um, so Kayla, can, can we talk a little bit about um, habit formation and tracking, like how AI tools can help individuals establish and track positive habits for personal growth?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, just to bridge Web3 into this whole thing, uh, I'm still in love with Web3. Once you go Web3, you never go back. So that's still you know, down the road. Um, but I think AI is it's the technology that Silicon Valley always wanted. Um, Web3 represents a future of the internet where users are able to control their data, they're able to Pretty much own their data, enabling decentralization, peer to peer interaction, all of that. Where AI comes in is um, that we'll be able to utilize that data in real time, um, making better decision making, uh, making better decisions, and combining the technology to um, just create better predictive analysis. Um, Where Milo comes in is. It's kind of the intersection. We are not using a decentralized network at this time, but we do believe that um, you must measure what matters and um, creating a personal experience is it's the pillar for Milo. Um, no longer are, um, you know, expensive, wealthy Expensive life strategists and coach only exclusive to the wealthy. Um, we're able to tap into a wealth of information using AI um, and train it so that it remembers your your memory architecture. It remembers your day to day, your weaknesses. Um, and the idea is to create an incentive alignment where you you essentially create the best environment for your um, personal growth using AI. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Uh, just to see the potential this technology has uh, to help people improve themselves, like Kayla. You know, I've seen you do this. Like you were doing an experiment where for one week you let AI dictate your life. Like you put in your personal goals. I don't know if this was into Chat GPT or if you're using Milo, but you were like. Um, here are my goals. Here's what I want to accomplish. Give me the ideal daily schedule to achieve this. And I watched your video where you started the day with meditation. You let it dictate your nutrition and help you with your workouts and your habits. And I think that's just such a creative and invaluable use case for AI, um, through that method you used.
2: Yeah. To be honest, Rachel, that was actually out of desperation. I was feeling burnt out. I was anxious all the time. Um, I didn't have a daily routine going. I did meditate here and there, but, um, so hey, I out of desperation, I used AI, I used layer prompting, layered prompting. Um, and I had it spit out all of my week hour by hour. And I said, I'm going to stick to this and see, you know, how I feel at the end of the week.
0: Well, kudos to you. I think that's the clapping there on the soundboard. Um, yeah, that, that really inspired me. I'm like, oh my God. And that, that encouraged me to reach back out and, and connect with you. Uh, that's just so inspiring. And I think sharing your own personal journey and how you use it is really important too. Um, so that brings me to my next question. So I know a lot of listeners and viewers today are probably curious, like which tools do you guys use the most? Um, and and what are your, basically your favorite tools that you use as far as AI goes? And, and we can start with Chad.
1: Yeah, uh, before we jump into that, I just kind of um, want to talk a little bit about what uh, Kayla's building, because I think like this notion of like personal AIs are really interesting. And if you think about um, a lot of the uh, you know, large models that we currently use, like ChatGPT or Anthropics uh, Cloud, for example, these things are just very generalized, right? And so you uh, have to prompt them, right? Give them a ton of context for them to be able to understand kind of your specific situations. And they don't necessarily consistently learn from your data. And so um, there's, a, there's an amazing world, I think, where we have more of our own personal datas uh, sorry, personal AIs, where we own our own data that consistently feeds into these things. Um, and so I uh, would love to you know check out more of what you're building, Kyla, but it sounds very interesting. And um, I'm, I would love to have my own personal uh, AI or assistant that feeds off my data. Um, but to go back to Rachel's question, um, I don't use too many, you know, AI or LLM powered applications much. Um, what I've mostly been doing has been just playing with uh, different prompt engineering techniques, um, you know, mostly on GPT four uh, because it performs better than three point five, and just thinking of ways of how to build applications with um, sort of the OpenAI APIs. So things like um, code generation is something that I've been playing around with a lot. You know, like ChatGPT is pretty great at generating snippets of code or generating like files of code. But it really struggles at generating applications, and that's because of the there's like the shared dependency problem, right? Where you know different uh, files don't understand other files, and there's missing contexts. So, um, you know, the API is great. It feels like you know calling that API is like a universal like opcode or or function that just produces whatever you want it to. And there's really interesting prompt engineering techniques to have. Um, you know, GPT-4 output structured data, which is really interesting because you can use that for so many use cases, right? You can have it output true or false, which then you can typecast, right, and then use in your program. You can have it output like JSON, which is really great for generating more data um, and, and other things. And so um, that's been most of the focus. Uh, so I guess prompt engineering and then using the GPT-4 API to actually do cool things other than just output natural
0: language. Awesome. So yeah, I want to also comment on something you mentioned earlier, right? Like AI enables us to just build what was already there, right? What we already had inside of us and just bring it into fruition with more ease, right? So Chad, you've been building stuff for years and I know you have a a machine learning background. You've done stuff with NASA um, from what I see on your LinkedIn. Um, So it seems like you've been doing this for a while and now AI has just empowered you to build and create with more ease and and, uh, create more uh, useful things for the world. So the next question I have, and Chad, feel free to answer this, um, but what are the benefits of using Web3 technologies to enable decentralized machine learning? And specifically, I'll I'll tack on to that, how do you see this enabling more uh, DeFi tools or, or financial tools?
1: Yeah, this is, um, this is a really interesting uh, sort of convergence between Red 3 and AI, right? Thinking about how one powers the other, how they work well together. And um, it just boils down to um, how do we kind of distribute sort of this resource so that it doesn't get owned by, you know, just very few entities that have the money and, and computational power to train such models. Um, so something that has been Kind of top of mind is uh, how do we decentralize like the training of, of large language models, right? So that these don't just get locked into OpenAI or, or Google or uh, on Microsoft. And uh, the issue with that is it's it's a hard problem because there's like this consensus layer. There's this idea of bringing your own data, and there's also this idea of like not necessarily sharing everything, right? So there's an entire field of machine learning called like federated machine learning and this is the idea of like instead of like having one general server where everybody sends data to or it aggregates all this data and trains one model, like we kind of pass the model to everybody, right? So we take this model and let's say I pass it to you, Rachel, and you train it on some data and then you pass it to uh, Kyla and Kyla trains it on some data. And this thing kind of gets better and better and better as we feed it more data, which is a general thesis of machine learning, right? More data, uh, higher accuracy. Um, And so that's one way where you can kind of think of a distributed system, right, where we're all collaboratively training this model, and then somehow benefiting from it, right? So you can imagine like a use case where every person gets X tokens for adding X data to this model. And they do it in a way where it protects their data, but the output is just a better model in general. Um, And so that's something that's like super interesting. I think the hard part there is how do you verify that this data is good? How do you verify that people are actually doing this work? And that takes us into like zero knowledge machine learning. And that's an entire field that I'm just dabbling in and <laughs> by no means an expert. Um, but that's like, you know, you think of zero knowledge as a way to prove, verif- uh, uh, verify computation or prove that you've done something without having to do it, right? And so uh, training a model is just one of those computational layers where you can prove that you've trained the model, but without actually having to give that data over. It's just not feasible right now um, because, you know, zero knowledge has a ton of computational overhead, but you can do zero knowledge inference, which means just verify the output of a model. So we're getting better, right? And so this is, I think, where you'll see a convergence of Web3 and uh, AI. In wow. re- with respect to
0: Web3. So zero-knowledge technology. Um, that's crazy because actually in uh, the next two weeks, we're actually going to be having the CEO of Discrete Labs and Pandora come on uh, to talk a little bit about privacy and zero-knowledge technology in Web3. And I think uh, bringing up the intersection of AI and zero-knowledge technology is really important. Um, and another one of my questions I had was about privacy and security in Web3 and how Web3 can enhance privacy and security in AI applications. And that also can tie into data ownership and control. So, um, do you guys have any thoughts on how individuals can have control over their data and also have privacy and security integrated into these two things?
1: I can speak a little bit to the like privacy piece, and that kind of goes back to just like this idea of like federated machine learning. Like, we don't we want to train these models with our own data, but we don't want to give up our data, right? For example like there's there's some interesting models that could be trained on like healthcare data for example but you don't want to share that with everybody right and you know not every, there's not enough healthcare data like that's aggregated to be able to train an effective model so one way you can do this is using like federated machine learning techniques differential privacy there's a whole field right of uh, of federated ml that that has different techniques for how to uh, you know do privacy preserving machine learning I think that's one way, right? Where we start, kind of gravitating towards focusing on on privacy, but also being able to like build interesting models or uh, achieve that. Um, in terms of security, I mean, um, you know, there's, there's like there's many things we can talk about in that in that respect. So, uh, I think with Web three, right? I mean, there's a whole field of Web three security. Um, With ML, it's more or less about the data aspects and making sure you're compliant and you're not leaking data. Um, With healthcare, for example, there's, you know, you have HIPAA and and, uh, you've got like high trust and these sorts of things. You've got PII that you don't want to leak. So.
0: Awesome. And, and you know, this actually brings me to my next point. So something I've been wondering with AI, and this is on the minds of a lot of people, like what are the ethical considerations and what kind of safeguards are, are being put into place or what safeguards should be put into place to help protect users and, and do things with AI in an ethical way? Um, do you guys have any ideas on that?
2: Uh, well, I think this is where the ZK part comes in, right? from Web3, although it's more of a technology. Um, ZK can be utilized to um, give privacy to the users, uh, provide data, yet still remain anonymous. Um, I'm not too familiar with ZK, but I know the fundament- the fundamentals behind it. Um, as far as Milo, I know we had a conversation about data privacy. Currently uh, Currently, we will be able to, um, scrape their data, but only for, um, only for the, you know, the first, I guess, first year, um, so that we can learn, um, really, really looking into that whole ZK thing. Because again, once you go web three, you don't go back and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to sell users data. Um, although we still want to train the data models accordingly. So. Yeah, that's definitely a question that, um, we've had to face. Um, right now it's, it's, there's really no solution. I believe that we should have an AI ethics and transparency officer. Um, I know that the Senate's trying to um, create, they're talking about creating a whole, um, a whole, you know, company to regulate AI, um, and data security is, uh, but that's as far as I know.
0: Yeah, and and this is something I really feel like we have a responsibility almost to regulate, just because it's such a powerful technology and it's out there now. You know, it's out in the wild. It's you know open source software for anyone to use. So I think regulating it and ensuring that people are safe with using this technology is really important. Um, Chad, do you have any thoughts here as far as eth- ethical concerns goes?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you listen to enough of, like, Ali Heiser, Yukowski, or Max Tegmark, like, uh, you'll get spooked and you'll realize, okay, maybe we should take this more seriously. Um, and then for those that, like, aren't familiar with, with those individuals, like, also Elon has been a proponent of AI regulation yeah. for a long, I mean, long time. Even um, Sam Altman, and, you know,
0: he's he's mentioned this too mm-hmm. in interviews
1: yeah, absolutely. Right. And there was, this, there was this open letter that I believe was started by Max Tegmark, um, which Elon signed and, and and Andrew Yang and a lot of others that um, the idea was to, like, to put a stop to training larger models uh, greater than GPT-4, right? Until we understand sort of the implications on on everything, right? On society as a whole, on, on jobs, on education, on just about everything, right? Because, I mean, if you've used like ChatGPT just for more than a few hours, you understand that... This has a crazy potential to disrupt. It also has a potential to like, like manipulate, right? And to kind of put ideas in people's heads, for example, that seem very legit, that aren't. And we can go down that whole sort of using AI maliciously to do things and create fake content and whatever the case may be. But the point is like, this is a, a very powerful technology. And, and with with power, you, you need ways to sort of have checks and balances, right? Um, So I I would, uh, if you're curious about sort of people that are kind of on the more pessimistic side of AI, like AI will kill us all, just like what Elie Heiser-Yukowski says, like, check out Elie Heiser or or Max Tegmark. They've both been on Lex Friedman, really, really great resources. And they'll give you kind of um, like some context onto that that side of thinking, right, on the uh, regulation side of things.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and, and I think I'll I'll look some of these videos up and, and maybe put some links in the description just for resources for people to do their own research on this stuff, understand the technology, how to leverage it for good, but also use it responsibly and and research the ethical uh, side of this as well. So the next question I have, um, I, I want to ask you both about your future outlook on how you envision this technology affecting uh, people and, and technology. Um, but first, I want to pass this question over to Kayla uh, about personal assistance and productivity. So um, Kayla, how do you see AI-powered personal assistance helping individuals optimize their productivity and achieving their goals, um, such as with tools like Milo?
2: Yeah, I think AI will fundamentally fundamentally change the way we learn, the way we um, function in society, the way we think. Um, utilizing AI, we can tap into a wealth of knowledge and provide, uh, and training a model to provide a personalized structure for somebody can make a world of a difference because oftentimes we're so lost. Um, and a lot of these self-help quotes self-help advices. They're not personal. They're not cust- um, custom to your needs and custom to your lifestyle. So starting small with small with um, small habits like drinking water or meditating for five minutes every morning, things like that can really raise one, pers- one person's confidence and awareness, um, their clarity of thinking. Um, it can boost their ability to maintain healthy habits. And at the end of the day, help, habits are what makes up your destiny. When you look back, um, those little habits build up over time. It builds so your character. It builds your character. And essentially, it's who you are. Um, and so using AI to just fully, you know, be your best, be the best version of yourself, um, instead of being scared of the technology I think we should grab it by the balls and and uh, <laughs> and really like have it en- enhance us. It's here to help. Um, you know, obviously, we should move with caution, absolutely. But-
0: Um, But I I totally agree with that, Kayla. Like just jumping in, using this technology to be your best self. I think that's so admirable that that, that's something you've just gone in and done. Uh, It's really inspired me. So Kayla, I I know you and I have had um, our our real passion for wellness in common. And something that I've done, you know, with starting my own juice business, right, is I looked at each individual and I knew each person is different. Not everybody is going to need the same cleansing package and the same nutrients. Someone might have a kidney stone. Someone might be borderline anemic, so we need to customize this package based on their individual needs. And I think we can use AI in that fashion of customizing what each person needs, right, um, and make it personalized for them. So I know we're getting to the end of our time here, Chad. I know you got to hop off. Um, but a question I have for you, Chad, is what are your short-term goals and long-term goals um, in regards to AI uh, and with um, AISD and East San Diego?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think short-term goals are really just to understand this technology to the best of my ability and then uh, sort of teach that in a digestible way to our entire community. And this starts with things like prompt engineering, but then goes into how do we actually build things with AI that, that you know, help us in uh, our everyday life. So kind of like, uh, Kayla, what you're doing, I think, you know, technology like that, um, lifestyle assistants are, are sort of like these... Um, pieces of technology that will amplify us right so understanding what the demographic is of things to build that will help us all and just teaching that and giving those resources Um, long term it's hard to say i think the world will look very different in the next five years and then uh, i think completely indistinguishable in the next like 10 to 15 to 20 so it's hard to say Um, my goal is just to stay on top of this stuff as much as possible understand both angles, the pessimistic and the optimistic um, viewpoints of AI, and, you know, try to take a stance and uh, help others uh, level up as much as possible.
0: That's amazing, Chad. So for someone listening today who doesn't really know where to get started, what would you recommend as a starting point to start learning these concepts or learning how to leverage these tools?
1: I think uh, just understanding, like, basic ways to prompt ChatGPT, right? Right. That's going to give you an edge on how to get the most out of the system. And then, you know, find your passion or bring in what you're already good at and leverage those prompt tools to uh, do what you do uh, better, faster, quicker.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I want to pass the mic over to Kayla. So Kayla, what are your short and long-term goals uh, for Milo?
2: Short-term goal is to build a product that uh, actually is tangible and can change someone's life outside of the metaverse, outside of the meta, and get them really fully into their body. Um, long-term goal is to uh, harness the power of AI to enhance human human quality of life so that we're no longer victims of our circumstances to create a better, better environment. Um, Chad, I know you have a hard stop pretty soon. Is there um, anything you want to add to that?
1: Um I think uh, I think you you summed it up well um honestly I think in this world like the best thing we can do is just like stay on top of things right and try to give back as much as possible to those that are in their learning journeys so
0: Absolutely. I, I think really trying your best to show up and understand these technologies and leverage them to create a better world and create a better internal world for yourself is really important. Um, I think we can use this technology for things like building more regenerative systems, doing things that are better for our planet, doing things that are better for humans, for animals, um, and, and just really using this to make a better world. Um so, Chad, I know you have a hard stop. I guess the last thing I'll ask you is, what resources would you like to share with the community today? Listening, uh, how to get involved with Eat San Diego or AISD?
1: Yeah, definitely uh, to shill kind of uh, our groups. Uh, you can follow well, you can follow me on Twitter at ultrasoundchad, and you can follow um, Eat San Diego at eth San Diego. Um, but then, just to share resources uh, more broadly speaking, that I think could benefit everyone. Um, uh, WorldCoin has some really good resources on zero-knowledge machine learning. They maintain a awesome ZKML GitHub repo with tons of uh, ways to get involved um, from the conceptual side to the technical side. And then um, also would uh, check out deeplearning.ai. They have a prompt engineering course. Uh, it's more for developers, but there's some really good tools in there um, for everyone to kind of take a look at. Um, and then lastly... Um, you know, just to give everybody like kind of like a holistic understanding of the space, um, Max Tegmark um, on Lex Friedman uh, as like the, a more of a, like a pessimist individual. And then just any deep learning researcher like Andrej Karpathy for more of like the optimistic side of where AI can take us.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Chad. I know you have to hop off, um, but I wanted to pass the mic over to Kayla just to share any resources uh, for individuals to learn more about Milo and and to leverage that technology.
2: Yeah, so my Twitter, my personal Twitter is OXKYCC, and you can find out more about Milo uh, at meetmilo.ai. Awesome. So
0: we will share all of these resources in uh, the links in the description. And yeah, we are out of time here. So thank you both for joining today. Um, Super grateful, Chad and and Kayla, for you both showing up and continuing to build and to innovate um, in the Web3 and now AI industry. So thank you guys so much for joining today. Okay, friends. So before we end today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank projects like BanklessDAO and projects like Opolis for making Season 8 of Crypto Sapiens possible. So I just want to draw your attention to the links in our description. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the links there. Or if you're listening to our podcast, you'll also see the links in the description. The first is going to be BanklessDAO Community. And for those watching the video, I'll go ahead and share my screen. So you'll see here BanklessDAO's website. You'll also be able to learn more about how to join BanklessDAO, the different guilds, and different projects that we're working on at BanklessDAO. And there really is something for everyone here. I think it's an amazing starting point for those looking to get involved in Web3. If you're listening to this and want to learn more about how to get involved, Bankless Style is an excellent starting point. There's guilds for just about any interest here. So I highly recommend going to bankless.community, joining the Discord and saying hi and making some friends. Stay up to date on all things Crypto Sapiens. Go to CryptoSapiens.xyz. Here, you'll see all of our podcast episodes uploaded with a brief description of what they are, and you can also download them from here. Now, last but not least, a lot of you know me actually from my work at Opolis. So Opolis, if you don't know, is a digital employment cooperative. We do things like offer employer services to those working in the Web3 space, working on DAOs, or running their own independent business. So we help issue W-2s, pay stubs and get you things like national healthcare care coverage. So if this is something you're interested in, click the link in the description. All proceeds for referrals go towards supporting CryptoSapiens. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of CryptoSapiens. As always, stay tuned for next time. And thank you again for joining.